Good morning. Uh, seeing we're in a school, I thought today we'd do a bit of a lesson. Yes. And don't worry, it's not maths or science, because Joe said it'd be above you lot, so we're not doing that, and it'll make our brains hurt, and most of you will be very relieved it's not a PE lesson either. Yes. We're going to do a very simple English language lesson, and we're going to look at a particular word, and hopefully that's going to help us. And the word we're going to look at today is homophones. Some say homophones, tomato, tomato. Now, don't get confused. This word has nothing to do with phones, mobiles, or landlines. But hopefully, if our education system's working well, those in, year, in Key Stage 2 will be doing about homophones. So, does anyone in Key Stage 2 want to tell me or want to go at what it means? So, I've got somebody at the back. So... Oh, somebody in the middle. Oh, I'm, I'm torn now, like Natalie and Brulia. So, what's homophones or homophones? Words that sound the same but spelt different. Words that sound the same but spelt different. Let's have a look on the screen. Two or more words having the same pronunciation but different meanings, origins, or spelt. Round of applause. Well done. What a brilliant, brilliant explanation. And some examples for us there. We've got, we've got here on the screen. So we've got ant and aunt, hair and hair. So the hair on your head and the sort of bigger version of the Easter bunny. You can tell that's an American one because it's got scent and scent. Now, for those of you who are really intellectual, homonyms, homonyms, and homographs are a different thing as well, so if you want to talk about that afterwards, we can have a great time talking about that. So, and you can use those examples to dazzle your friends and family with. Now, a lot of you are thinking, well, that's all very well and good, Philip, but I feel a bit cheated here. What has this got to do with Easter? The answer is nothing. I just wanted to add some sorely missed intellectualism to our Sunday services. <laughs> now, I'm actually kidding. We're going to look at two words to do with the Easter story, or small phrases, that are homophones, and use them to think about how we might respond to what Jesus did at Easter. But first, we're going to read together Mary's story from Easter Sunday in John 20. I know we've looked at this earlier but we're going to look at this specifically to help us understand these homophones. So, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of lying there, linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, 
The other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still not, did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Here, we journey with Mary as her view of what has happened changes completely. Her world that was turned upside down just a few days earlier is to be turned on its head once more. The homophones we're going to use to help us understand Mary's journey are these. Easter morning and Easter morning. And we're going to practice saying these words in a way that's going to help us think about them in relation to the Easter story. This side, you're going to be saying the top one, Easter morning. And you're going to be saying in a sad voice. And you're going to be using both uh, hands, I can only use one, to do a sort of boo-hoo thing, a bit like the song Eggs and Gammon, Joe, bit of a John Shuttleworth reference. So like that, and you're going to go, Easter morning, like that. Because it's a sad word. Because morning is, the, we're using our hands to show tears, because morning spelt like that, is usually a time where we are extremely sad because somebody has died. So we're going to practice, so we've got to go, Easter morning. So, and again, so whenever I point at you guys like that, you will say, excellent, right. Now, this side, you're going to say Easter morning in a far happier way. Because Easter morning is when Mary realised she didn't need to be sad for Jesus' death. So you're not going to use your hands for this. You're going to do jazz hands, because it's a happy thing. And you're going to go, Easter morning! <laughs> you know, like when Kev wakes up in the morning and he says to Gemma, Morning! Because he's so happy to be up. So it's Easter morning! So, one, two, three... Oh, they're far better than you lot, I'm afraid. So, let's have another practice. To be fair to them, you can be a bit more energetic for a happy one, can't you? So, when I point at your side in that way, you need to remember to do your actions. 
The disciples and friends of Jesus were in a state of... They were sad because Jesus died on Good Friday. And even though the disciples had heard Jesus predict what would happen to him and what it would mean, they didn't understand. They were just in a state of... Because their friend, their rabbi, their teacher and their hope was no more. However, in the passage, we see Mary encounter Jesus and discover the true hope of... Jesus hadn't died in vain. He was truly the Son of God who died for the sins of the world. But he now was alive, which brought hope to Mary and gives hope to us today. Other friends of Jesus, such as Cleopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus, probably first encountered Jesus in the afternoon. And we know the disciples saw Jesus in the evening. But whatever time of the day it was that they saw Jesus, it was then that they discovered the true hope that Jesus' resurrection on offered. Both of these concepts... And (laughs) both those concepts are extremely important to Christians. We can't have the celebration of without accepting what Jesus did for us on Good Friday. Because on Good Friday we remembered together the death of Jesus and what he did to bring us back to God. However, even though both of these concepts are important to us as Christians, there is one way to be able to move from to Now, can any child tell me what is the one difference between those two words? Can anyone tell me? Let's have a look. Right, we're going this way now. So what's the... One difference between those two words. You. You. Yes, it's you. Now, older people, you're going to have to get with the texting generation here. So we're going to use you like that to mean you. As in you folk here. Because it's all about the decision that you have to make. And many people here have done Are you going to accept what Jesus did on the cross for you and that he rose again and is alive today? Surveys this week, and some of it was the same survey, was like going, oh, not all Christians believe the resurrection. But actually, the really interesting part of the survey that I thought was really interesting was that one in ten people aren't Christians believe in the resurrection. So one in ten people would say, well, I'm not a Christian, but they believe that Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. And even more interesting is, year eight in uh, Grace Academy, Darleston, and they did a thing where they looked at the Easter tomb and they looked at the different examples. Out of them, which is around 130 kids, six in ten of them would say that the looking at the evidence of the tomb, that the Possible, the most likely scenario for them is that Jesus rose from the dead. So people 
could say, well, I believe in the resurrection. I think, yeah, that is a scenario that I believe in. However, in order to benefit from what Jesus did, you need to make the decision to follow him. Now, for many people here who have, those figures also give us hope of speaking to our friends and family. We don't know how many of them actually believe in the resurrection. Or when it's explained to them, they would as well. So don't just think, oh, I've done it before. I've, I've said it. I've talked about Easter. They know what I think. Have those conversations over the, uh, the next days and weeks. Talk to them about what happened and see what they think and share your faith. But also remember that Jesus has already done what he needed to do. He did that on Good Friday. It is up to you whether you accept what Jesus has done for you. And if you want to know how to do that, however old or young you are, how to make a decision to follow Jesus fully, please see myself, Rose, Rachel, Kev, Joe, or one of the stewards teams at the end. And we'd be really delighted to help you. The bandage is going to come up for us. But just to finish, those words we looked at, Easter morning or Easter morning, two very different words. How do you view what Jesus did? Are you, as Rose said earlier, just in a state of mourning, a state of sadness? And there are times in our life when that happens. Or have you really felt the key impact of what Jesus did on Easter morning? The resurrection, not just for Jesus, but for us when we die. Of us sharing in that eternal life. And also the hope that that brings to our lives now. So we're going to pray. So let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the power of the Easter story. Help us be a people that live lives that honour the sacrifice you make and help us experience and show the hope that you give us throughout our lives. Amen. And we're now going to sing two songs and you'll notice they've got uh, our homophones in them. And the first one is about how Jesus turned our sadness on morning into dancing. And if you want to have a dance as a way of a celebration, then feel free, just go for it. Your light broke through my night. Let's stand together. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute Mick, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Now, we talked about, what did we talk about on this side? We talked about, yes, 
Now, most of you look like you're in that state. Your faces are like, hmm. Now, Rose and I didn't want to bring out the old Junction 10 weapon, but we feel we need to, to get you sort of smiling and celebrating and moving to turn that sort of Easter morning into dancing. So, whenever it goes, you have turned, we do a turn like this, as Rose demonstrates. So there we go. And when we do the other, you have turned, we turn back. So that, and hopefully this time, your faces will show that there's something to be happy about. So let's go from the top again. If you want to clap, go for it. You have turned, you have turned. 